Fred at school show. Fred at school show. Dear listeners, welcome to the English summary of the Second Icelandic National Radio Program for Fred at school. My name is Thorin Hjartardóttir and I am Fred at school's national project manager regarding radio programs and host for Fred FM. In the Icelandic program, I discuss the Greek film Academia Platonus by Filippo Tsitos. I had three guests in my program, so to speak. The first one was Ausgrimus Sverison, a film director and author of various projects for film, TV and theatre. I asked Ausgrimur what he was working on these days. He is finishing a feature film called Reykjavik to be premiered next fall. It tells the story of a couple, its relationship and interactions. Asked about the main difference in making films or material for theatre and TV, Ausgrim's conclusion is that it's all about the same thing, really. Get the shot, whatever it takes. He finds new technical advancements positive as they open up to new possibilities. He says the Icelandic audience is largely dominated by Hollywood films, which negatively affects their open-mindedness towards different kinds of films, and this has to be fought against. He thinks projects like Fred at School are definitely one way of doing this, or at least try to make people aware that there are many different ways of making films and everything is allowed in cinematography. Maybe the most important thing is making the diversity visible and to embrace it. As a professor in the Icelandic Film School, Ausgrimur is aware of certain prejudice amongst new students against old films, black and white films, silent films, etc. But when they start to watch them, these films open up a whole world of ideas and possibilities. My next interview was with Christiana, a teacher and her students who are participating in the project. They are in Grundskolen Aholmavik, in the rural west fields of Iceland, and we discussed Academia Platonus. The kids said hello and introduced themselves. They explained interest in films before the project started, but were mostly used to watch American movies. They found it a bit different to watch films in other languages than English, having to read all the subtitles, but agreed it was not a problem. They were positive about Academia Platonus, but were shocked about the reality immigrants face in Europe, expressed in this film and illegal before. The students liked the film, actors and cinematography. They also liked how the music was used to emphasize the feelings of the characters, and one of them was still dumbfounded as to how the dog could, if he did, possibly have known who was a Greek and who an Albanian. The group expressed thanks to be involved in the project, said it was different from all the others and fun too. They said they learned more from European films and found them more thought-provoking compared to American films and more likely to touch them emotionally. They added that the project and discussions opened their minds just as they might easily have been prejudiced against European films before. My third and last guest in the program was Gisli Helgason, a musician, sound technician and program producer for radio, who is visually impaired, about accessibility and audio description. Gisli was born in Westmanaer, an archipelago south of Iceland, into a big family, but was sent periodically to Reykjavik as a child with his twin brother, as the only school for blind children was there. I asked Gisli how it happened that he had started recording for radio. He replies, 
I was interested in sound recordings since I was a little boy. In 1973, there was a big volcano eruption in Westmanair, and all the inhabitants, about 5,000 people, had to escape to the mainland. Soon after that, an idea was born that someone had to host a radio program that would serve as a kind of information service for the people from the islands. Note that this was before the time of internet and cell phones. The program host needed to be someone who everyone from the Iceland knew, and we, the twin brothers, 20 years old, were asked to do it. We did our best to keep our programs entertaining and funny in light of circumstances, played band music, etc. The programs became hugely popular. Many people in the rush had packed their belongings into bin bags. For instance, we once advertised for a black plastic bag containing kitchenware, a jam jar, knickers, a Bible in Norwegian, and an Icelandic novel. One can laugh at it now, but it wasn't funny at the time. We made 262 or three shows in just over a year. This was supposed to be two hours work a day, but I spent most weekends in the island recording between April and fall, collecting material. At the time, we had to send all the recorded material through a telephone line to Reykjavik, where the national radio station was. There were only six lines between the, uh, the island and the mainland, but we were allowed to take over the lines at the post office when we arrived. I asked Gisli how blind and visually impaired people use computers. He explains there are three methods, using a computer with a braille screen, using uh, computers with screens that can uh, zoom in on the letters, and lastly, using TTS voices. And since 1991, the first Icelandic text-to-speech engine was made, and Gisli has been using one since. He is very optimistic about audio description and enjoys immensely to go to the cinema if screenings have audio description. He looks forward to be maybe able to go to the cinema and listen to the audio description and audio subtitles from his own smartphone. We hope it's, it, this will be possible sooner than later. Lastly, I asked Gisli if he thought it would make a difference to visually impaired children or hard of hearing to grow up to modern accessibility as a normality. And he is certain that it will, says that, quoted, I'm between 80 and 90% of perception is derived through the eyes, so audio description must widen the spectrum of information and entertainment for people without vision, but also adds that he cannot answer about the, for the hard of hearing, says he. Back to the schools and film, Academia Platonos. Six Icelandic schools watch the film with their teachers. Four schools in Reykjavik, Österbergskoli, five pupils with their teacher Einar Thor, 105 Friestundamistuð, two, two pupils with their teacher Andrea Marel, Laugalækjarskóli, six pupils with their teacher Lise Rutt, and Breiðholtskóli, a whole class with their teacher Hafstein. One school in the Westfjords, Grunnskólina Holmavík in Strandabyð, six pupils with their teacher Kristjana, and one school in Akureyri, Northern Iceland, Nustaskóli, 12 pupils and their teacher, Magnus Jón. Only two schools managed to finish the radio programs before the airing of the national radio program, but since then two more schools have finished theirs, and in this program I will refer to all four school programs. The four schools did not agree on the evaluation of this film. Three out of four found it boring, uninteresting, way too long and very slow. 
but one school found it really good and interesting. All but one agreed that the actors did a good job, especially the old woman who played the mother. They also liked the music and cinematography. Most of the students found the film very enlightening about racism and thought-provoking on that matter. Pupils from one school kind of discovered cinematographic language. One of them expressed he didn't understand repeated scenes of the main character sitting on his balcony at night, smoking, listening to music in his headphones and looking over the square. Another pupil then reminded him that it had already been established that he couldn't sleep at night, and this was done to point out that fact. Most find the idea of the dog that barks only at Albanians funny, but one pointed out that in fact the Albanians also had a dog that only barked at Greeks. There were different opinions about the main character's state of mind in the film. Some said Stavros might have been unaware that he had been loathing himself for years for hating the Albanians when he realized he might be one himself. One student mentioned that the film was a satire about politics in Greece. Another pupil found Stavros's actor not convincing, said he always had the same face and did absolutely nothing. Also, the friends didn't really connect, mostly stared at each other. And since nothing happened in the movie, you missed the whole point of it and it could have been made 20 minutes long. Even though it might be good to watch serious movies once in a while, the characters had to do something. It was also noted that the ending was special. It kind of started as it began, the main characters sitting on their asses doing nothing except judging everyone else. All schools agreed that they didn't know before that there was such prejudice and racism against Albanians in Greece. One school suggested that politics were involved, but didn't want to go deeper into politics. The same also wondered why the good rule that all the animals in the forest should remain friends seemed to be out of date. Most schools mentioned that they found Stavros' friends' wonderings about whether they should shun him very shocking. I found it interesting that even students who said they weren't affected by the film and didn't learn anything by watching it expressed that the issue of racism had indeed had a great impact on them. Most students had opinions about the soccer the friends played. One school, Nesta School from Akureyri, even restates the soccer scene, shot it and sent it on video. The students in Holmavik gave the film stars. It got three and a half out of five, which has to be pretty good. Now that's it for now. Thank you for listening to the English summary of the second national radio program from Iceland. Thanks to the people of Fred FM and Fred at School. Goodbye.